Hi, this is Dion Baig from Butler Mortgage. We're currently ranked the number one mortgage brokerage in Ontario and number two in Canada. And much of our success is due to the fact that we help clients acquire multiple investment properties. If you'd like to talk with a mortgage advisor who specializes in investment property, you can reach me at 888-684-8326. To learn more about what's going on in the world of investment property financing, check out episode 23 of the Breakthrough Podcast, where I discuss the topic with Robin Sandy. Are you someone who has no idea that they can be heard? Has brilliant ideas and wants to get them out there? Has a podcast but can't keep up with the work or just wants to focus on things that matter? Then Podcast Engineers is your gateway to get your voice heard. They don't just edit your podcast. They enhance your listeners' experience. You simply do what you do best. That is to record and they do the rest. You can find them at podcastengineers.com. Rob and I have been using Podcast Engineers to help make our show sound great. Send them an email to get an episode edited free and a discounted plan. Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, Episode 75. Welcome to the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. We put this show together to inspire you and help you break through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. My name is Rob Brake. Here with me again, as always, is the ever-expanding Sandy McKay. Hey, Rob. How are we doing today? I'm excellent. How are you? Fantastic. I'm great. I'm uh, excited. We've got a great guest and we're... uh... We're doing video. I don't know if it's going to work or not, but hopefully that'll be a new uh, a new thing, an expansion of sorts, I guess, for our show. There you go. Ever expanding, not in your belly, but more in your uh, business. <laughs> not, not yet, I guess. We'll see, we'll see how life goes. <laughs> Man, you're crushing it, though. You guys are opening an office in Niagara now. Tell us about that. We're doing a lot. We had a lot going on. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, a lot of new things and uh, new people getting getting on with us, so... That creates a whole lot of fun and chaos and good stuff, too. Yeah. So it's uh, a lot of work, but they're worth it, I think, at the end. Everybody listening should go on over to BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca. There you can look at all of the episodes that we have put together so far. You can click on each of the episodes and see all the information on the guests, any comments that have been made about it. If you want to leave a comment, then go into the section where the um, guest that we that you would like to leave the comment on, and you can right there just put in any of your comments. You can get all of their information. You can contact them, and you can contact us. And you can also go through and uh, click on all the social media stuff if you want to look at us that way as well. And uh, and download the free report there, the ultimate strategy for building wealth real estate. Pick that up, get on our email list, get some updates on what we're up to, and uh, hear about some live events, which uh, we keep talking about, and we are going to keep pushing those and doing a few more of them as we go. So uh, jump on that. It's a free value add there. Plus, you'll hear about what we're doing uh, locally. Yeah, I've got some live events coming up and something really interesting that uh, we're sort of in the development of right now with Erwin Zito, who works with me out of my office in Oakville. So we've got uh, some pretty big announcements coming up. So be waiting for those. 
Awesome. Well, uh, what else are we going to talk about? Oh, we, there was one gonna... thing, just real quick. While we're here, we did get two new reviews. Two new five-star reviews, actually. So I'm just going to read those real quick. They're short and sweet. So the first one is from Sweet Berry Wine Cafe. Five stars. It says, podcast idea. Hi, guys. Have you talked about real estate investing using property tax sales? Not knowing much about tax sales, I would love to know more about the process and what are some of the pitfalls when trying to purchase to flip the house or convert to a rental. Great podcast, guys. And it says it's from Joel. That is so, a good topic. We haven't really, we, we've probably touched on that. We haven't done a whole show on it, though. That'd no, be- we haven't. I think it's going to be tough to find somebody that's actually really successful at doing that over and over and over again, I think, as a repeatable, you know, strategy. I got somebody um, in mind who's done it a few for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. And then anyone listening, if you uh, know somebody that would be good to talk on that subject, then please let us know. The last one here says, great information and entertaining Canadian podcast. It's five stars from Math Effect, I think it says, or Matt He Effect. It says, Rob and Sandy are great, knowing their stuff and always have guests worth listening to. And another one today, guys. We got a great guest lined up today. Worth listening to. And if you are at all interested or curious about real estate investing, Listen to the show. Really appreciate what they are doing here. Another five star. So now we've got uh, 163 five star reviews. Wow, that's great. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so uh, I think that's it, Sandy, right? We should get to the guest. Let's do it. So without further ado here, we have Russell Westcott with us, who I'm really, really happy to have with us today. He's known by many as the JV Jedi and is a full-time veteran Canadian-based professional real estate investor, best-selling author, and inspirational public speaker. So thanks for taking the time to come on with us today, Russell. Wow. Thank you. Um, truly, the honor is mine, gentlemen. Man, you guys do have a lot of fun things on the go there, too. And what a wonderful podcast. So congratulations to you guys. Well, thanks awesome. again thanks, for being here. Uh, Russell's built his, his first million-dollar real estate portfolio within his first year. Taking the leap into real estate investing and continues to build and manage his personal real estate portfolio today. Uh, Russell's co authored two best selling Canadian real estate books, 97 Tips for Canadian Real Estate Investors and Joint Ventures, The Canadian Investor's Guide to Raising Money and Getting Deals Done. In his spare time, Russell spends time earning the love and support of his amazing wife, family, reading great books, and striving every day to be a better leader in all aspects of his life. And uh, yeah, again, awesome to have you. Anything to add to that, Russell? Well, no, I can't wait to meet this guy. <laughs> he, <laughs> paper, he sounds pretty. Cool. He, he probably he, sounds pretty good on paper here. Yeah, he sounds awesome. <laughs> I like how it says earning the love and support of his amazing wife and family. I like well, that. Every day, how much support and love she gives me, man. It, that's a full time job in and of itself. So, very cool. So, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in real estate investing. Well, you know what, before we dive into that, guys, you know, I, I mentioned a little bit before in the in the intro, I, I first wanted to, you know, you know, let's give credit where credit is due here, first and foremost, I want to give you guys some huge props. I do live events across the country. And whenever the conversation comes up about podcasts and who to listen to and influencers, your guys's podcast is like on the top of everybody's list. 
So I first wanted to just give you guys a huge congratulations for providing an amazing service, an amazing value, and an amazing, you know, amazing platform for people that are interested in real estate investing. So, you know, guys, I want to give you first an applause and a congratulations before we dive into this. Oh, wow. Thank you very much. Thanks so much. That's awesome to hear. Well, and, and, and here's what I do is I always typically do that because it's I deflect a little bit about the whole backstory and personal story because one of the you can ask me any question and I have no problem answering any question. But sometimes when you have to talk about yourself, that's one of the hardest things you can actually do is to have a conversation about yourself. But I'll try and give you guys the real short story. And, and mostly just I offer this story just from the standpoint of a perspective and context for people that are listening to it to just find out where I've come from and the lenses that I'm looking at real estate through and all those kind of wonderful things. So my journey would have really started way back, way, way back. And I can almost say that now is almost the turn of the century. <laughs> you know, I, Right around the year 2000, you know, it was it was that year that a milestone, you know, I had a case of Peter Pan syndrome that I just never wanted to grow up, right? And really financially at that time, the only thing I had going for me was really a car, a cool car, you know, an SVT Cobra convertible, you know, top down, flying down the road, wind whipping through my fingertips, right? <laughs> so at that time, things just, you know, I decided to wake up one day and Lo and behold, you you always, where do you go for answers typically? So that was year 2000. I didn't really do much. Just there was a healthy dissatisfaction. And then I saw an episode of Oprah. So that's where we all go to get our, our life direction is Oprah, right? And I saw this wonderful interview with Robert Kiyosaki. And he talked about his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And instantly picked up that book and started reading that. And then, you know, the first thing I did was phone my uh, financial planner, which I really didn't have one, you know, my AKA mutual fund salesman right? mm-hmm. and decided to put, talk about a plan and, and really one thing led to another. And, and it just led me down the path of getting invested into thinking about real estate. And just to, to give you a perspective at that time, let's say 2001, I had never bought a place in my life. As a matter of fact, my background where I grew up in small town, Saskatchewan, I grew up in a, in a mobile home trailer park. And the first home I had ever lived in was when I was, you know, high school and almost graduating high school. So I had no background and, you know, I was renting a basement suite with a roommate at that time. So it was a perfect evolution to get into this whole thing called real estate investing, right? So to really, a long story short, I went on a journey after that. It was uh, 2001 late and then early in 2002, read all the books, got into all the learnings and all those kind of wonderful things. But there was one thing missing and you actually had to take the action. You had to actually shoot the puck and actually buy a piece of real estate. I bought my first place in October, November, 2002 was my first place. And then when I made the jump in, I was on a tear for about five years where I bought a property a month for more than five years. And I bought my last place two months ago. So that's been a 16 plus year journey buying real estate all along. And, and I have made so many mistakes along the way. We honestly could have an entire podcast episode or an entire series just on the mistakes that I've made. And I guess that's the long winded way of saying I'm a full time investor. I'm in it full time. I'm in it to win it. Sorry for the cheesy cliche. And I'm active and I love to teach people to all at the same time. So I hope that gives a little bit of context of where I'm coming from with some of the answers I'll give you guys today. Yeah, it really does. And before we like transition out of what you just said, then, you know, I think that this is a good opportunity maybe to go into what 
let's pick one of your mistakes that's really stuck with you and the lesson that it taught you. That's not even in our interview here, but I thought yeah, that it would totally, be a, a totally. good one to delve into, right? You know, okay. And I'm going to, interesting to note, I, I usually will tell that story about a property a month for, for five years. I will tell that in a live environment. And then after I do that, I'll actually shut up. And then I'll watch the audience engage. I'll watch the reaction. And you usually get a reaction of either holy moly or wow, or even people just going, you know, they have a hard time believe it. I'll tell you, I say that to just offer context of the action I've taken. I also will say that that was the stupidest thing I could have ever done. <laughs> I bought way too many properties in way too short of a period of time. And I did not build the infrastructure around myself to support all that. Like if you think about it, 60 places in a five-year time frame, you're talking a multi-million dollar, multi-multi-million dollar business that has hundreds of thousands of dollars of income coming in and things like that. You have to be able to be able to support that with all the infrastructure around you. And, you know, I didn't have maybe the best operational excellence around a lot of those things. And, you know, I got caught up in the thrill of just the buy. I got caught up in an ego play of the reason why I was buying properties was just to tell, look at me, dun, 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 here I am, I'm buying more real estate. Look at me, I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. And when I really look at it and maybe a lot of therapy and a lot of personal development, a lot of it actually stemmed from probably an insecurity, an insecurity that I had to feel that I had to prove something to other people, that I was buying real estate as a mechanism to prove a self-worth and to prove what I'm bringing to the table. And, you know, I often joke that I you know, suffer from a short man syndrome, that sometimes you have to be, uh, you know, have to do more than everybody else. Short man syndrome with no hair, right? I got nothing going for me. So the lesson and the biggest mistake that I would just impart this to everybody is just make sure you're clear on why you're buying real estate. And make sure it's not about coming from an insecurity or an ego and that you're doing it on purpose and intentionally as opposed to just bragging and sharing with people that look at all the properties I own. Yeah, I really, really Sorry like to get that. really deep really early here for you guys. No, that was fantastic. And I think that that is one of the things that people really get turned on by the whole when the episode headline is how to buy 30 properties in 30 months. People love that kind of stuff. That's what they're looking for. And I think if I'm not mistaken, I mean, I don't think that we've really done anything like that in this show. And we've never really pushed that kind of mentality to go out and just like how to amp up and, and buy, 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 buy. Now we have interviewed lots of people who have done, you know, uh, a property a month for like 12 months or something like that, you know, and it's not as crazy as what you're talking about there, but I don't believe that we push that kind of stuff. And I think that makes a really, really good point. Um, when I tell people how many properties I own, which is I'm holding seven properties right now. That's all I have. I mean, so I've let go of some, I've done some flips and whatever else, but right now I hold seven properties. And when I tell people that they really are surprised, They're like, man, you, you know, you should have way more than that. And it's all because so that I can manage them, so that I can continue with my lifestyle the way that I want it. Because if I'm always focusing on another rental project or whatever, then I can't be going away <laughs> for vacations that I want to go away to and things like that. So um, it is really important to not just go, how many properties do I want to own? But what do I want my life to look like? What is my lifestyle that goes along with uh, all of the properties that I have in my portfolio? 
And I'm totally honest when I say this, I would be better off if I had 17 free and clear houses than if I had the 90 plus properties that I had transacted over the past 18 years. Because here's the, here's the thing, and many of your many beginning investors are all about, you know, lever, 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 keep going, keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. I, I get it. I'm about as aggressive as, as a person that I know. But at the end of the day, guys, is we need to actually pay these suckers off. And that's when you actually start getting the lifestyle is when you actually own free and clear properties. So what's your plan to eventually have your properties paid off? Because tell you what, life looks totally different when you have a portfolio of free and clear properties than when you have a portfolio, a large portfolio of things levered up to 95% loan to value. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, thank you for that answer. I think that was important to get into actually. And we could probably do a whole show of lessons learned through mistakes, but we've got some other questions to talk about here today. I I often joke that sometimes I feel like I've been put here to be a a warning to others of what not to do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now this is interesting because um, you're known as the JV Jedi. Tell us about how you got that nickname. Well, how, how do any nicknames come about? Usually they just come about uh, by accident and someone just giving you a nickname and it sticks. And, you know, you actually had mentioned uh, our all our mutual friends, Mr. Irwin Zito. And one day I was just, you know, I love teaching. And when I get into one of my passions in life is just sharing things that I know, sharing things that I do. Like I believe in 100% of teaching what you do and being true to that about sharing that. And I was just on stage and I was just nerding out. I was just so nerding out on things. And I use movie references all the time. And I was talking about, we, you know, we just have this wonderful room of uh, JV warriors in this room. And I say, this, these are the investors you're looking for. And I was just doing <laughs> fun things, right? And then all, went, all of a sudden, Irvin started calling me the JV Jedi. And you know what? I didn't use it for a long time, but I actually just started using it a lot recently. But, but here's the really cool thing about all this, other than it's, it's kind of a cool little handle and a cool moniker, and nobody's using the hashtag. And I actually own the, I actually own the domain name, jvjedi.com, until maybe Disney comes talking to me about it. Who knows? Yeah. But here's the really cool thing of all of this, is it's actually turning into a, a movement. It's not just... I'm the objection to train people to become certified JV Jedi warriors. And it's part of a little bit of my mission to share the stories and to help elevate everyone who wants to listen to become JV Jedi warriors themselves. It's not just that it's my nickname. It's actually an entire community and a movement of people that I want to create. And I'm, I'm in the process right now, if any of your listeners, I'm looking to get a good t-shirt maker. I want to get JV Jedi t-shirts. And also, I'm looking to get some lightsabers that people maybe go through a certification process that they become certified JV Jedi warriors and stuff like that. So it's taken a life of its own, and it's been a lot of fun. Oh, that's awesome. I should have uh, – I have um, a lightsaber. I should have had it here with me. <laughs> Next well, obviously, time. Obviously, being known as a JV Jedi, you've obviously done some joint venture deals throughout your time and raised the money. What do you feel are the important steps investors need to take before going out and raising money for real estate deals? Well, you know what? Here's the thing. Everybody is going to be on a different phase of their journey. So first and foremost, honor where you're at in your journey. And I think, I honestly think that raising capital is a fundamental that every person must learn. It's actually part of leverage. It's right after how do you get the bank on board and getting mortgages and getting financing? You should actually have to learn the skill of raising capital because here's the thing you will run out of capital if 
you haven't already had, if you don't have capital yourself, right? I know when I first got started, you know, when I looked at my bank statements, the largest thing I saw was a visa bill. And I did not have down payment money. One thing I had going for me was I had a, a really good job after I graduated from school. And I had a good T4 statement, which but I spent most of it every year. But I could qualify for mortgages. So the thing that I would so to succinctly answer your question, number one thing that people need to do is surround themselves with people that are taking action, people that are actually raising capital. Not just people that are thinking about it or talking about it, people that are actually doing it, people that are actually getting capital from other people. That's the number one step is surround yourself with that. I also would recommend that you learn a system of investing and pick one type of property and one type of system and become a master of that one type of system. Because I'm a firm believer in the in the old Bruce Lee quote is, you know, I don't fear the person that has practice 10,000 kicks once. I fear the person that's practiced one kick 10,000 times. So be known for a type of investing system. Be known as an expert on one type of transaction. Be known of an expert in an area. And also be known as somebody who surrounds themselves with a community of like-minded people that are actually taking action. And that's who you learn from as well. And a lot of times people ask me, well, where do you find those kind of people then? What do you do? How, how am I just supposed to find a bunch of people who are better than me at this kind of thing? Like, how do, where do I surround myself with all these Jedi masters doing these deals? Well, here's the thing. And I'm going to share it with a story. I love real estate. And I'm always has my nose to the ground of uh, events and networking events. And whether it's a Toastmasters or whether it's just a free event or whether it's Meetup. Meetup is a fantastic place to go to to meet people like this. There was a, a national speaking tour of somebody coming through town, someone we everybody would know if I was mentioned his name. I went out, to, went out to go see him and just there, there was 400 people there. And what I was doing is I was sitting there and I was just having a conversation with somebody who I recognized. And we were just bouncing ideas and we were generating, like we were just on fire and we were talking ideas and what do you do and what do you do? And all of a sudden people started listening. People started listening. And all of a sudden there's like 20 people around us and everyone starts asking these questions and asking these questions. And lo and behold, this one couple came up and they said, well, you know, you're talking about raising capital from other people. Where do you find these people? I said, well, I don't know. Let's, let me ask you a few questions. So about four or five questions later, I found out they own a, you know, a $2.2 million home and they're just a little scared to pull the trigger. They just don't know where to invest. They just don't know what to do. And I started sharing with them some ideas and here and that. And then lo and behold, they said, well, maybe we should just invest with you. And then they asked again, well, where do you find these people? I said, well, I go, first of all, you found me right? And we're having a conversation and I'm going to have another coffee with this couple and see if it moves forward. But I was just showed up. I was helping and supporting other people in their mission to move forward within real estate. Other people around started listening to it and I was just generating, just showed up with just full of life and passion and just helping. And people started coming to almost like a magnet that people were attracted to that. And that's one of the biggest misnomers when it comes to raising capital is you need to become the hunted, not the hunter. As I say that all the time, you need to have be somebody that people will be attracted to you as opposed to you going out and pushing uh, things to other people. So bottom line, there are so many events out there that are going on with a real estate focus. Just keep showing up and just keep bringing value and just keep asking lots of questions and just keep helping people. And lo and behold, you'll have people coming to you. 
Yeah, I like that answer. That's awesome, man. So that was uh, that was one of the best ways I've heard that described because that question gets asked a lot to, to a lot of people and to me and everyone. What I heard really is you need to become somebody that's going to attract that. That's the main thing. Yes, you need to show up and do the take action, all that stuff. But really, at the core of it, you need to become that person that's going to attract the money, right? And attract attract wealth. It's one thing to show up. It's also who are you when you show up? Do you show up at your highest and best self? in every transaction? Do you bring the joy? Do you try to inspire, encourage, educate, help, support? Those are the kind of things, but the, and that's a conscious choice, right? If you're, if you're taking the time to go to a meetup group, don't just say, well, you know, kind of a sucky speaker tonight. Maybe I'll go have a coffee. No, go there with an intention. Help somebody, bring somebody along if they're on, or, or go there with a list of 10 questions you need to be answered and don't leave until you get those, those answers. Like be very intentional when you, you know, when you get out and shine your shoes up and you're going to a networking event. So what are the obstacles that people uh, struggle with in this game in real estate, I guess? Well, you know, it, it's funny. I've been investing for more than 16 years, thinking about it for like, almost 18. I've been training people for more than 14 uh, probably over 15 years now training people. And it, it's funny, if I was to sit here in a live whiteboard environment and I would get, okay, guys, everybody talk about everything that's going to stop you, which by the way, is a healthy conversation to have. Let's have a conversation as adults about what's going to stop. Let's not be Pollyanna and say, nothing's going to stop me. Everything is wonderful. No, there's some real, real stuff we got to deal with. What's going to stop you? And it's actually a, a title of a presentation I just delivered and I have just rolling it out across the country here. It's called What's Stopping You? So I will whiteboard everything. And I've been doing this long enough that I can actually put it in buckets, in three buckets, maybe a fourth bucket of all the things that will stop you come down to TM squared. The T stands for time. The M stands for money. And the second M stands for mindset. And there might be one more T of team. So those are the, the four biggest obstacles that people will bump up against. Now, here's the thing is of those three, in my personal opinion, mindset is the most important. But here's the thing. Most people don't want to hear a mindset conversation. Most people go, well, geez, not one of those woo, woo, woo mindset conversations, but it really is the most important. And here's the thing is sometimes the thing that people need the most to hear is the one thing they don't want to hear or don't do anything about, okay? Most people will feel that it's the money conversation. And that's why I'm starting with a lot of, and that's where I started with myself was I had a lack of money and a lack of capital. So I started with that learning process. So most people will want to hear a presentation or learn about where do I find the money because that's one of the biggest obstacles they have, but it really is a mindset focus. I guess team kind of fits into the money thing, sort of, right? A little bit. It's kind of one of those quasi ones, right? It, it can, you know, it's who you surround yourself with. It's a little bit around mindsets, a bit about who you surround yourself. It is a little bit one that's out there, but it's definitely time, money, and set three biggest buckets. Yeah. So I guess I can see why you're like, and that one's sort of the floater. Yep. Uh, so from, you've got a, almost two decades of experience now. What are some of the biggest mistakes that investors do make that you see them making in real estate? Well, actually, here's a circle, a circle logic here for you for one is, number one is, the uh, biggest mistake I think investors make is thinking that mistakes are bad. Um, some of my biggest 
pardon the pun, breakthroughs in real estate have come from some of what I would consider some of the biggest mistakes and biggest landmines I've stepped on. You know, talking about buying too many properties in too short a period of time and buying really bad properties in bad areas and, you know, having bad tenants and, you know, nightmare, things like that has actually led me to learn on a whole realm of buying and building new construction and doing purpose-built rentals and building my own rental portfolio right from the ground up. Like one of the strategies we're doing in, in our market, that one of my target markets, is we're identifying, we just had a, a bylaw change and we're identifying corner lots that are of the right size that where there's one house right now that we can take that one house, an infill, knock it down, and we can actually put up four, four rental units on that one lot and build new construction properties from that. Because of that mistake I made of buying bad properties in bad areas led me to a whole conversation around there's got to be something else and a better way of doing this. So, so that's one. Uh, one of the big mistakes, and this is my own personal experience, is I didn't buy quality. I focused on quantity and not quality at the time, right? It actually led to a, t- a teaching paradigm I'm sharing with people is actually the three pillars of real estate. The three most things about buying home real estate is what you buy, where you buy, and who you rent it to, who you put in it. And the most important of those three is actually the tenant you put in it. I didn't consider the tenant profile when I first bought my places, which was the biggest mistake possible, right? You need to first determine who your customer is. You need to first determine who's going to rent it from you. And is that a profile you want to work with? Then you want to design the house that they want to put be put in in the right neighborhood to have an unbelievable ownership experience for you as as the as the owner of the property so those are just two two big ones of of uh, things there's just quality and quantity and just understanding that you know for a while i thought mistakes were really bad and i actually you know hid from mistakes and wouldn't share mistakes quite frankly i think mistakes are the best thing around now do you see a lot of people quit after making some mistakes that is the ultimate fail in real estate. I honestly don't think you can fail. The only time you potentially can fail is if you, if you give up and quit. And, you know, sometimes it's just delays. And, and I'm going to share a story with you. And here's a fun story. And I had a wonderful conversation. I don't know if you guys have had um, Ian Zabo on your podcast or not. Yeah, we um, have. Yep. Okay. Ian's a fantastic guy. And he and I were having a conversation. And he was beating himself up a little bit over... You know, he just cares so much. And when he trains people, he wants everybody to succeed. And he's going, he goes, Russ, not everybody who takes my training succeeds. And, and I go, Ian, I go, first of all, sometimes, you know, delays are not denials. And I'm going to share a story with you, Ian. I learned from you, Ian, 10, 12 years ago, or however long it was ago, you shared all these strategies with me. You know what? I'm actually flipping my first house now. 10 years later, I bought a whole bunch of buy and holds. I've renovated hundreds of thousands of properties, but I'm actually flipping my first place now. So Ian, you know, it took me eight years to do my first one or longer. Don't give up on me, brother. (laughs) (laughs) So, So sometimes delays are not denials. And if you truly just give up, you know, that's probably the only fail that you can do within real estate. But who knows? You might pick it up again. You just never know, right? Don't ever discount the comeback story. You know, hey, we're, you know, what was the comeback story this past weekend? You know, say what you want about Tiger Woods, good, the bad, and the ugly. It was an amazing comeback story to come from somebody of a high performer who was the top of the world to being the 1,200th ranked golfer in the world to actually be almost top again. That's, that's pretty cool. 
Yeah. Sandy's probably up on that. I was there. I was glued to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of my idols there. Yeah, you know, I might not agree with his lifestyle and all the choices he's made, but from a standpoint of as a golfer and a story of a person on a golf course, that was incredible. And uh, uh, talk about tough mindsets. He's got uh, probably one of the best out there. Yeah. You know what, Sandy? Most property investors are really good at finding the right deal and negotiating a good price. However, even longtime investors would tell you that they have faced significant losses when overlooking some of the pitfalls that pop up unexpectedly. I know I have. Um, when everything seems to be going so well, vandalism by tenants, flood damage, slip and fall lawsuits are only some of the grave issues that investors must protect themselves from, or else they may find themselves digging deep into their pockets to repair damaged property, replace rental income, or even defend themselves in a legal case. For peace of mind and to protect your property, we recommend our listeners to contact their insurance broker to review their policy. Or we know a great guy, an experienced and former guest on our show, on The Insurance Guy. You can reach him at theinsurers.ca and let him know Rob and Sandy sent you. That's theinsurers.ca. So aside from not quitting then, what would be some wisdom that you would share with other investors just getting started? Well, you know, here, I'm going to share a couple things with you. I'm going to share, this is a story of one of, uh, somebody who is very inspirational and somebody who I've never met and somebody who I never will meet because he is no longer with us. But I think we can get inspiration from so many different places if you're just um, open to it. And I say this all the time as, I'm a painfully, like painfully shy and introverted person. And some people go, well, I don't believe that. Well, I, I tell you what, if my wife was standing right here, first of all, her eyes would have rolled about 10 times of my really bad jokes. And she would nod her head and agree that, that I am very, I'm a very introverted person. And, and quite frankly, my, I, what I'd rather do is I'd rather, you know, be at home and watch a movie and just hang out with my dog and just be with the family. So here's the thing is you can find your inspiration from anywhere. And the really quick story I'm going to share with you is this. In this game of real estate, sometimes it can feel a little bit overwhelming. Like you can sit there and you'd be sitting there going, okay, I haven't bought my first place. And I've just met somebody who's bought 30. Holy moly, how does a person get to 30 places? And I haven't even bought my first one. Okay. Something that resonated with me very, very early was a story that I had heard from Terry Fox. And we all know who Terry Fox is. Terry Fox is arguably one of the greatest Canadians ever. And Terry Fox had an undaunting goal that he wanted to do. He wanted to run across the country, raising $1 for every Canadian in this country, $30 million for cancer research. Big, big goal. He wanted to do that by running a marathon a day, 26 miles every day. And he had a little challenge of running on one leg, okay? They asked him the question, Terry, when you're running down the road, this lonely road, and it seems so daunting, and there's just, you know, you just don't know where you're doing, and you got blood coming out of your leg and things like that, what are you thinking about? And he said, you know what? Clearly, my entire goal is to make it to the next telephone pole. You know, so what does that mean? So they're sitting there going, he goes, Think about it. I'm running down the road. There's my telephone pole. Run to that telephone pole. I made it to that telephone pole. Now I'm going to make it to the next one. And he's going to run across this entire country, one telephone pole at a time. And lo and behold, all these years later, you know, Terry didn't make it across the country, but his 
Foundation has now raised three quarters of a billion dollars for cancer research by somebody who only focused on running one telephone pole at a time. So what does this mean for real estate? If you're struggling to figure out what is next, think about only one thing to do, and that's the one telephone pole. What's the next thing you must do? What's the next thing you must learn? Who's the next person you must call? Make it to the next telephone pole, because once you get to that telephone pole, the next telephone pole will appear. I like it. It's very similar to the whole idea of not waiting for all of the lights to be green before you start going. I mean, obviously, you'd never start. 100%. And, and here's just a, a corollary to that. If anybody is actually struggling of going, I hear this all the time. It goes, somebody goes, well, I don't even know what my next telephone pole is for us, right? And what I tell people to do, here's an exercise for you to do is sit down in front of a piece of paper or a whiteboard and brainstorm everything you don't know. Just write out everything you don't know. Okay. You know, I don't know where to find properties. I don't know bank finance. I don't know where the down payment's coming from. I don't know how to analyze whatever you don't know. Right. And eventually on that list, you will come to one thing you do know that you can take action on. Take the one thing you do know, that's your next telephone pole, and then keep moving forward from that one. So two tips in one. Thank you. Russell, I I don't know if we missed it or not. Where do you focus your real estate activities? In Saskatchewan? No, no. I was born and raised in Saskatchewan. I've actually, I'm out in Vancouver area now. I've been out here for, geez, I've been out here for probably now 25 years now out here. Fell in love with the West Coast lifestyle and, you know, fell in love with it. You can golf year round out here. I fell in love with a girl that lived here. And my two primary markets are I actually in the lower mainland and the Fraser Valley of Vancouver is my make money market where I will be doing some um, condo, I'll be doing some conversions, some strata conversions, some flips. I will make money in this marketplace to take all the money I make from this marketplace to pay off all my mortgages on my buy and hold property and also build a new portfolio of real estate. And my, my buy and hold market is Edmonton and my make money is Vancouver in the lower mainland. That's fantastic. Those are big goals. Yes. Well, like I said, I have a plan and, you know, putting it out there, I guess this will be digitally recorded. You know, I have a plan to have my portfolio paid off in five to seven years. And that's about $10 million that needs to be generated to have the portfolio free and clear at that time. And that's my entire focus is to do the strategies around that to make sure that that happens within five to seven years. Is it too big of a subject to get into maybe a little outline of what your plan is to do that? Oh, like, okay, for example, uh, right now, I have a flip project that's on the go here that will probably I raised about $600,000 to do a flip project. Um, As soon as that sells, we'll redeploy that money into elsewhere. I have two other investors that I've worked, I'm working currently working with right now to just finalize it between those two, they have $3 million access to. And we're either going to buy an older apartment building, eight to 12 sweeter, and we're going to then renovate it, strata title it, and then sell them off as individual units out here. And maybe after it's done, we might keep one or two of them if the numbers dictate, or we might just take the profits. And, and what I plan to do is generate the income from those ones. You know, let's say from this first one, we're going to generate $40,000. I'll take that $40,000 and then I'll pay off a mortgage that I have on a, on a property that I've owned for 15 years. And then I'm just going to keep snowballing those things until I own my portfolio free and clear. 
or I'm going to, you know, dive into a development project out in Edmonton. I talked about with the taking a piece, uh, an infill, subdividing it, putting on side by sides and putting suites in it. Now there's four units on one place and there's some margin in there as well. So you're going to be using more of the active capital than from your ventures. I've heard of a lot of people doing this kind of thing. Like once you get to a certain point, it's like, okay, I've got enough holds now, but I want to keep going in real estate. What am I going to do? Well, now is a point in time to maybe start doing the flips and start using that income to pay off some of your uh, properties that you're holding. Like, like you said, I do both. And really, honestly, I'm a firm believer in real estate. Here's a, a little bit of a myth. Sometimes that people, when they get into real estate and I'm being very general, when I say this, Real estate is a fantastic place to hold your wealth. Until most of your properties are paid for free and clear, it's a difficult business model to actually earn an income from. I'm not saying you can't. And I know lots of people that have portfolios that, you know, lots of people who I've interviewed and talked to that's when they're raising capital, they put acquisition fees and disposition fees and administration fees and they're active capital raisers. But a lot of people will actually have you know, back to the old Robert Kiyosaki days of talking about is build a business, hold the wealth in real estate. Okay. So it doesn't mean to say that the business can't be real estate at the same time, but some people get a little bit trapped into thinking that a buy and hold property will support their lifestyle. And it's 80% levered at the time and all this kind of stuff. And that's, that's difficult to find properties that will cash flow to that. Not to say it can't be done, it's just, it's more difficult to do it that way. Makes sense. I agree. So if you were to start over again, what things would you do differently? Well, you know, first and foremost, I would say um, everything I've done has actually served a purpose. So I would never change anything. But if I was to sit here and talk to somebody just turning 30 that has a Peter Pan syndrome that, you know, where I was at that time, here's some of the advice I would talk to them. About Now, most people you will talk to in real estate need to actually get speed up a little bit, okay? They need to take a little bit more action. They need to get off the, you know, the fence and they need to take more action. I was on the other side of the fence that I was actually, I went too fast, too quick, okay? So if I had a chance to start over again, what I would do is after every property I had bought, I would have actually taken a breath and I would have actually analyze it from an intention basis if this is on purpose for my life, right? And I would have done the work a little bit earlier, the deep personal inner work of determining what my purpose and value was, as opposed to just tying. I tied my purchases of real estate to my self-worth, which is a recipe for disaster, okay? So I would tell people, if I was to do it again, I would get whole as a person and build the foundation of real estate on top of that personal development work first before buying a whole bunch of real estate and then back uh, going back to try and figure out your purpose after. You know, I think it would be hard for somebody in your position, especially if you found that you were able to keep going and you were to actually put the brakes on because it's almost like, well, I've got this money, I've got this opportunity, I've got this train rolling. Why do I want to put the brakes on now? 
Well, and, and, and then here are the things that, that came down is, and I, I'm a firm believer, and this is a term a good friend of mine used that I adopted and, and borrowed from him, is I got equity drunk on things. And it was, I got equity drunk and I went to Vegas. And sometimes after you've gone to Vegas, you come back <laughs> with a large visa bill and you come back with a little bit of a hangover. So I was buying properties into a marketplace in the area I was investing in, in Alberta that was growing at 30 and 50 and these astronomical rates. And it was, I got caught up in the frenzy of the buy. Now, I know if many of your listeners are in Ontario, I don't have to talk to any of the people out there. I have conversations all day long with people that have bought into the frenzy and bought on the speculation hype and, you know, the musical chairs, the music's never going to end. Well, sometimes it does end, right? So that's why I would have taken the break, had the breath, right? And just saying, is this the right thing to do? Is this adding to the purpose? Is this adding to the long-term plan? And let's just not buy based upon an emotion to just buy in or lose out forever type thing. Okay, good. Yeah, so I guess we've talked a lot about what not to do a little bit. I think what would be some great skills that people should work on and uh, things they can get better at to actually help them take this action and become uh, better and create more success for themselves in real estate? Well, I'm going to share some skills that probably your listeners have never heard and maybe have never thought of as skills that real estate investors need to have. And this is just, I think, honestly, if somebody is in in the realm of raising capital, one of the best skills that you can learn how to do is become somebody who can tell a story. Be somebody who can have a wonderful, true story that will transform and move the person you're talking to into some kind of an action that's right for them. Not right for you, right for them. So what you're really doing is you're, it's in essence, you're becoming a leader and you're inspiring and encouraging somebody else to do something to transform their life. And if you actually think about it, our entire species and our cultures have been brought up, you know, who were the, you know, the elder tribes people at the, you know, way back in the cave people days, they listened to the person that was telling the story, right? And that's just a leadership skill that a lot of people overlook. Everybody's thinking about the nuts and the bolts. So how do I analyze property and the due diligence and all this kind of stuff? You know, how well can you actually tell a story that can actually transform somebody. And after you have that conversation with somebody, they feel something. People will remember how they felt more than the remember what you actually told them and actually said. Okay. So that's the first thing that I would say. The other, and you guys are a testament to this and uh, showing this about doing your podcast is learn how to ask good questions. Right. If you're interested in in learning from other people and, and, you know, I had this wonderful conversation and an interview I just did with somebody who it's actually a mission that I'm on right now is to interview the best of the best interview people doing. Remember one of the things I shared with you earlier, I'm actually have an itch to take my own personal business up to the next level. I have an itch to raise more capital myself for more projects. So I want to find people that are professional people that raise capital. So I had an interview with a guy that's raised more than $45 million in the course of his property investing. I think at his peak, he was 1,100 units. I want to learn from that person, right? I want to ask lots of questions. I'm not here to tell and share all my stories and all my things. I want to just, I want to ask amazing questions and, and make them feel amazing on that and just ask 
poignant questions that get the juice out of what they've learned. And then here's the thing, I'm actually on a mission right now to actually share all those things I'm learning from all these people with other people, right? So I think it's a firm believer. So if I was to summarize the last lesson people should learn how to do is actually learn how to teach it. So, right, the first one I talked about is become a storyteller. The second one is become a, a good person who can ask good questions. And the third one is become a teacher. So what you teach, you reinforce with yourself. What you teach, you actually get to learn it again. What you teach can inspire somebody else to take action going forward, which will keep you accountable to you taking action and keep moving forward too. So those would be the three skills that I think probably none of your guests would have ever probably mentioned those three skills. Yeah, very interesting. Very cool. I really like that. Almost like the storyteller one relates to what I tell people a lot when they ask me how to do some fair bit of wholesaling. And and one of the things that I told them that I learned is you know, you can know how to flip that property. You can know what the things are in that house that need to be fixed. But I've always said my strategy when I first started was go in, tell the person that I'm trying to buy the property from everything that's wrong with it, because that'll make them understand how little it's worth. But then I realized later that that has nothing to do with it. We want to go in there. You want to help understand their situation. You want to get them to like you and then they will sell it to you for the best price that they can. So uh, I, I feel it's like that about, skill is relatable. The story. It's all about how people feel in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I've had properties that I've bought from people and the, the question asked is, well, why did you go with this offer? Well, it just felt right. Mm-hmm. Right. Awesome tips. I really appreciate you sharing those. Those are awesome. And we haven't heard those, I don't think. Definitely haven't heard the storytelling one. I don't think I've heard that one on our show. So that's no, great. see, and I want to like monopolize all of your time here. <laughs> I know that's not what we can do, but I'm like, how do I become a great storyteller? Please, <laughs> please teach me to, to tell these well, stories the way you do. Here's if you really want to look at it. Number one is, is become a student of story for one, right? That's back to that shy introverted thing. One of us, as a shy introvert, our superpower is observation. Our superpower is observing something and learning something, okay? And you can actually be a student of the story, right? It's a formula. If you actually go and watch any, sorry to go back to Star Wars, if you actually watch the Star Wars movies, there's a formula. Rocky, the movie, all the Rocky movies, there is a formula for that. Pick up, there's fantastic books. Like I just look at my bookcase and I have probably five or six books on just the whole art of story and the whole art of the narrative. And I'm a sucker for a good story. So I learned what the person did. Okay, what did that person just do? They set up, you know, they made a compelling character. Okay, then they put that character in the most dire situation possible. All of a sudden, then the character learned some magic beans, like Jack and the Beanstalk. They learned something new. Then from that learning of that something new, they then transformed their life and went on there. Now they're on a quest to share it with other people. That's a formula of a story right? No different than if you're sitting here and talking to somebody about your first real estate experience. I struggled buying my first property. I had nowhere to go. I turned and all of a sudden I learned this story from somebody watching this podcast, Breakthrough Real Estate. And I learned from these bald guys that were just having this conversation around there. And then I learned some magic words and I learned that maybe go do a a flip project in this city that I learned something from this person and it just transformed things. And now I'm here to help you invest in your real estate and make a transformation in your life. Well, speaking of telling stories and being up there in front of people and presenting, you know, you have some upcoming live events. Do you want to tell us about those? 
Hey, great segue. <laughs> <laughs> I try, you know. <laughs> well, oh, you guys are pros. You guys are just you guys have been doing this. What what is this? Seven lucky number seventy-seven episode. Seven, yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe I'm showing my age, but good old Phil Esposito here. You got it, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know what? So here's what I'm gonna say first and foremost is you know, I've been so blessed. I've been honored to have met so many amazing people across this country in this whole realm of real estate investing. And, um, you know, I, am a firm believer that too much is given much is expected and much is required. And one of the things that I'm doing right now is that I'm going on a, a speaking tour to go out and inspire a new generation of real estate investors. There's an entire new generations of people like myself, 15 years when they first got started. And I think that there's an entire new generation of people that need to learn how to invest in real estate, the good, the bad, and the ugly, not just all the, you know, the unicorns and butterflies and fuzzy wuzzies, right? Let's tell the real story. Let's, let's share and let's, let's be adults and let's be open to telling the full story. So I've just been so blessed to know a lot of people and I can reach out to a whole bunch of people. And so long winded way of saying, as we are, I'm embarking on a tour across uh, mostly Eastern Canada this year got four or five events in Eastern Canada lined up in October. And I know I'm dating this podcast, but by all means, I hope we have this podcast out before that tour starts. It's October 10th in Ottawa. And I think it ends on the 18th in at Irwin's event in Hamilton area. And there's some events in Durham region and Gary McGowan and out at York region. So just different regions around there. And I'm actually in plans right now of doing live events in November probably going to host my own raising capital event where I'm just going to spend an entire day teaching people everything I know in November. And then I'm also booking February and March of next year. So I'm making a serious commitment to bring what I know to everybody across Canada, because I think it's an important message that people need to learn. And that's the whole realm of how to raise capital, how to buy more real estate and do it the right way. Perfect. So where can people uh, go to find out about these events then? Well, first and foremost, uh, if any of your listeners come out to every one of the ones out in Ontario Roadshow, uh, there will be a restraining order on you after. after not, no, <laughs> Where the best place they can go is if you go to my website, russellwestcott.com slash events. I have an events calendar there and that's where I post all my upcoming events, including you know some online training programs and, and just things that I just want to share and and just by all means, bookmark it, come back there often and come out and check out those events. That'd be, that'd be the best place to find out about them. Perfect. Now, we usually ask uh, all of our guests this. Russell, is there a piece of information or advice or a quote or something that's always stuck with you? And how has it helped you? Well, I offered one earlier, and that was the whole Terry Fox story. That's, that's oh, I thought it was really the second. Star Wars thing. One, but I, I have another one that I'm going to share with you that's it resonates with me is that um, is really just keep showing up. The more you keep showing up and not only just show up, but you know, be all in when you show up, bring your highest and best self. And lo and behold, after a course of time, if you just, that's what people say, well, what was your superpower? Honestly, the reason why I was able to meet all those people is just like, I just kept showing up. It was almost like, a, you know, sorry for the analogy, it was like a bad smell. I was just, I was sometimes, I was just always there. I always showed up consistently. And when I showed up, I was all in. I was full out. I brought the joy. I was happy. I was inspiring. I wanted to contribute. 
okay? So show up consistently and over a course of time with some patience and with some hard work and doing the work each and every day, you too can become a, a quote-unquote overnight success in, the, in a matter of time. I love that. So you do have another free gift that you're going to share with our listeners. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, I, I'm actually hosting some uh, really cool live events, uh, live webinars. So whether you can make it out to a live event or not, it depends on where you are. But with this wonderful technology of Zoom, I'm just blown away by how we can we can truly talk to people from North America by sitting in our office. And and I, I joke and I often I get in the zone for doing these things. I'm talking to myself really almost in a camera when I've got all these other people and I will put on the cologne and I will <laughs> get on the shirt. And my wife jokes with me. She goes, Russ, you know, you know, they can't smell you. And I go, well, I, I want to be in the zone, right? I'm preparing for an amazing event. So long-winded way of saying I host uh, ongoing webinars to teach people the fundamentals on how to raise capital for their own business, why it's important, the 10 steps to mastery uh, of those kind of things. And I hold those on an ongoing basis. And if any of your listeners want to join one of those, I'd be more than happy to, to have them as part of that program as well. Perfect. And where can they uh, find out about those? Well, naturally, jvjedi.com. <laughs> Well, for all the warriors to go sign up. That's right. For all the aspiring JV Jedi warriors. Rob, bring your lifesaver. If I'm I go, when start. I go on to one of those webinars, I'm definitely going to have the lightsaber. <laughs> nice. So I don't get. Yeah, I, don't, I think I, the next one I have, I have one tonight. I know it's, but most of them are on Thursdays. Some of them I may have them on demand lessons coming <clears> up. <throat> but you know, I'll get anywhere from uh, sixty to eighty people out on a weekly basis to these as well. So. That's really cool. Now you've put it out there. Hopefully we're going to increase that a little bit more. Well, I may have to get a new Zoom subscription to have more than 100 after after your episode goes out. <laughs> oh, I hope so. I mean, right now you'll have one extra anyways, because I plan to be on there. <laughs> right on. <laughs> I guess that's really not much. Else. Anything else you want to share, Russell? Or I know we, we do need to find out how people can get in touch with you. So that's, uh, that's one thing. Yeah, just the web. my personal website is my home base. RussellWestcott.com. And here, I'm going to share an inspirational story for you guys. Here, look at Mr. Storyteller telling another story. I'm going to encourage everybody to get a website. And I'm probably in the day and age now that I'm probably, you know, I don't have to tell this to people, but I want to give you a story. I had my personal domain, RussellWestcott.com, registered since October 18th, 2002. Okay. My first day of having a website online was October 22nd. 2017. Wow. So I had 15 years where I had no website. And I often joke, and the joke about it is actually was my first blog post. I actually had a blinking on my domain, a blinking light that said website under construction. And I estimated that light blinked 17 million times over that course of time. Ever since I've put that website online in the last 12, so it's been 12 months, almost exactly to the day, 12 months. Now getting, you know, 600 unique visitors a month and just another way of inspiring people and just providing value and content. So I would highly recommend people to just take the time and learn how to get up a website, whether it's just one page or just a landing page or a link to your LinkedIn profile. Just get a process and get a, get a profile online because, you know, in order to finish, you have to first start, right? And that's one of the best things to do is just get a profile online and lo and behold, over time, it will start to grow into something. 
Yeah, you know, Russell, it is funny the things that we all procrastinate on. And that was one of the things for me that I really did. I thought, okay, well, there's a bunch of different ways that people can get in touch with me. And uh, I think, you know, not to the extent of 15 years or anything, 17 million blinking lights, but I believe I had uh, my domain name, uh, Mr. Breakthrough, for, I don't even know, like three or four years and just finally got the website up a couple of months ago. So yeah, that's definitely some good advice. Like procrastination, once the lights have blinked for, you know, a million times, then it's really hard to get back in there and not let them keep going, I guess. Yeah, it was eventually it was at a point where it was mocking me. <laughs> you saw it in your sleep. Oh, uh, and then and finally then once you pull the trigger, right? You just never know. And, and it's amazing on how much you can learn in 12 months. You know, from never being on the backside of a WordPress site now, and I'm sitting there, I actually put up a blog post and I can do kind of these things. And I'm not Mr. Technology here. I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty old school when it comes to a lot of this kind of stuff. Give me a good pad and paper and let me write out some notes and stuff. But it's amazing what you can learn in a course of time if you actually just take the time. Well, I mean, again, I'm sure Sandy and I wouldn't mind monopolizing the rest of your day and uh, just keep going and asking question after question. But you know what? I think uh, if we want any more from you, maybe we'll just join up on these free webinars. Well, that and you know what? I'm, I'm honored to serve in any way, shape possible. If you guys have more need for more content, by all means, reach out. As I said, I, I'm here to help. I'm here to serve. And you know, if I need to get on a park bench and talk to the pigeons about sharing some things I know, I'll do that too. So it's just when you have a lot to share, I'm just grateful for the opportunity at any chance. Well, I know people are going to want to get in contact with you. So again, those two, the two ways is russellwestcott.com and jvjedi.com. If you, Absolutely. again, if, if you, you know, you can't write those down or for whatever reason you're in the car and then you forget, go to the website, go to Russell's episode and all of his contact information is going to be there in the show notes. So uh, don't stop the car. Don't pull over or don't try to write it down on your, on your cell phone while you're driving or anything like that. Make sure when you're walking the dog, you pick up the poo in those poo bags. Mm -hmm. Don't forget that. (laughs) That's one reason why I I didn't get a new dog. (laughs) Anyway, Russell, thanks so much. You know, uh, we really appreciate everything that you've shared with us here today and hope to talk to you again soon. Oh, well, I think you guys are coming out to some of those live events, aren't you? I hope to meet you in person. I will be there. Actually, I'm going to be at the Durham REI event when you're there. Nice. Nice. It'll be fun. We'll have a lot of fun. Yeah. Looking forward uh, to meeting you in person. And 15,000, maybe we'll put out that as the quest for downloads here in the first month. Something yeah, like that. Well, hey, no, hey, no one's competitive on this podcast at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, guys. It's been a great one. I think, it, I think it deserves to be up there in the top uh, echelon for sure. Hopefully number one. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely keep a post on that. I think it's been a great show. We, uh, as Rob said, I, I appreciate it. Rob does. And uh, it's been fantastic. Right on. Thanks, hey. guys. Happy to help. Sandy, how can people get in touch with you? Sure, yeah. If anyone wants to reach out, info at mckayrealtynetwork.com or 289-389-6846. If anyone wants to get in touch with me, it's uh, mrbreakthrough.ca. Okay, again, everybody, thanks for watching this time, first time watching uh, and uh, listening if you're on the podcast the uh, old-fashioned way. (laughs) Thanks again, and we'll see you all next time. And everybody, just Take some of Russell's advice, and I'm going to leave you with this. Just sit down, write out all the things that are stopping you. And I I think that's going to be a good step in everyone moving forward. So thanks again, guys. Everyone have a great day.